Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this year's show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 27, Procrastination Triggers. Procrastination. Wow. <laughs> it's a fascinating topic, so I was putting sorry. that off. Okay. Um, th- no, this sorry. would be... No, let's restart that. Sorry. No, let's keep this in. No. This it's is so a great... Weird this looking... is either the worst introduction or the best. It's so weird looking at the back of your head. It's probably the worst. Yeah, we're recording. Well, we're moving right now. And so there's a bunch of moving boxes. Everywhere. Where They're taking over our house. Yeah. Your chair used to be right to my right. But now you're looking at the back of my head because you're in the hanging chair in my office. One of the very few things that hasn't been packed up. We haven't put off moving, but we have put off other things. Just like everybody on the planet. This is something that is true to the phenomenon of procrastination. It's a purely visceral and emotional reaction is something that we don't want to do. And it's also what makes us human. It's it's what makes this uh, idea of procrastination a fascinating topic. But what's even more fascinating, which we're digging into today, is the science. The science behind why we put stuff off. Um, so Arden Nordstrom, dear wife of mine in the hanging chair behind me. I can't see you, but I'd like to hear from you what uh, things you're putting off right now. So I guess there are a couple of things I've really been putting off lately. And I think it's just a combination of all of the changes that are going on in our lives. I mean, we're moving and there's a lot of changes we're making at the house. So that's been pretty stressful. Um, But also that there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that are a little bit stressful. So Between all of these things and just the fact that these tasks are a little ambiguous, as we'll talk about later, Um, but I think there are two big kind of academic papers that there are specific pieces that I've been putting off. I know in one of them, I've just been putting off updating one of the literature reviews because that's the task I like the least. Even the sound of that sounds boring. Yeah. I mean, adding literature... Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a very tedious process and not a part of the projects that I really love. So I've just been putting it off for longer than I'd like to admit. Um, and the other is just another project that I'm, I've been putting off or I've been putting off editing a proposal I, I started a long time ago. Um, How long ago? I don't even remember. But it's been a few months now that I put together this proposal and it's just taking me longer kind of polish it up than I would have liked. So these are two big things. But on a personal level, I've also been putting off doing my taxes for two months now. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, But that's for for a whole bunch of reasons. So yeah. How about you? So in next to my desk here, I have a filing cabinet. And in that cabinet is a folder called receipts. And it's about as stretched as a folder in a cabinet can be. There's probably two or 300 receipts in there that I haven't gone in and labeled or expense or anything. And there's also a whiteboard. So we're moving right now. There's a whiteboard in my office. You can, you can see it. It has plants wrapped around it and stuff, but I started to peel it off of the wall. And so we're, we're renting this place. Uh, and I started peeling it off the wall and I noticed that it was taking the entire um, amount of paint underneath the whiteboard that off of the wall. And so I've been putting that <laughs> off too because it sets off a few of these 
triggers of procrastination, the, the topic of today's episode. So what are these triggers? Yes. Well, thank you for setting me up for that. Uh, so it turns out, and this is research conducted by Tim Pitchell with, with a graduate student. Tim Pitchell, we, we, we got to figure out if we can get this fella on the podcast because uh, he's, he's probably the world's foremost expert on procrastination. Uh, but the research that he's dug into this idea uh, has found that there, there are few concrete uh, variables, a few attributes that a task can have that make us more likely to put it off. There are seven of them. Uh, and those are whether a task is boring, whether it's frustrating, whether it is difficult, it's the third one, uh, the fourth, whether it's ambiguous or whether it's unstructured or whether it lacks in uh, intrinsic rewards. So the process of doing it isn't that fun uh, or whether it's not meaningful. And so we can't connect with it on a deeper level. And essentially the research shows that the more of these attributes a task can have, uh, to us at least, because everybody interprets work differently, everybody interprets tasks differently. Some people love doing their taxes. Some people love doing literature reviews. Some people love filing receipts. And if you're one of those people and you live in Kingston, Ontario, please email me. Uh, You know, some people love doing these things. And so these triggers don't set off for the people. Uh, But at the same time, they do for other people. And so we put them off, especially when these feelings are more intense. Yeah. And I think these are all characteristics of the task itself. Um, But I'd argue there's probably... There's more to it than that, right? Because that yeah. means not just the task itself that contributes to whether or not you're going to procrastinate. It's also external factors. Yeah. So whether or not your outside option is a lot more appealing than what you're trying to do. So this was something that I really noticed when I was first studying for for comprehensive exams. Outside options, speaking like a like true economist an econ, here. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, when you're talking about an outside option, it's just beep, the boop, thing boop. that... <laughs> it's just the thing that you could be doing with your time or your attention other than the thing that you're trying to do. So, I mean, for me, when I was studying for comprehensive exams, which are kind of your qualifying exams in a PhD program, um, I I mean, these are really big, big, big tests. And they're, you have about a month to study for them full time. And it's really intense. Um, but it's also very easy to procrastinate because you feel like you have a month. It's all the time in the world. <laughs> um, so, which you don't. They're really hard. So, <laughs> we, I, I know for me, I ended up like it would be so easy to just watch YouTube or read a book or something else. Um, and so what I found was making my external environment as little, as least interesting as possible. So I would just mm. go to a library with nothing else to do, but a, a practice exam and my notes. And I would just give myself a few hours of only that. Um, and that yeah. re- re- reduced my p- procrastination time. But I think this distinction between internal and external factors are probably a topic for another episode. Yeah. That's a whole big topic. Yeah, you know, one we can well we we can control the internal stuff, but it's a bit harder. It's kind of obvious um you know that we should tame the external things if you're in a, a noisy environment for an example. That, that that the stuff outside of you is easier to pay attention to and so maybe the best solution in that case would be to put on noise canceling headphones if you want to get stuff done or just move to a different room of the house. Um, and, and so there's a lot of strategies for both. So that is worth mentioning that we're really focusing on the internal stuff uh, because procrastination is that purely uh, visceral and honestly uh, emotional reaction to something that we don't want to do. It's always unintentional. Yeah. So maybe we can unpack the things that we're actually 
procrastinating yeah. on right now oh, in terms of like these seven different characteristics. So I know for me, in terms like, just thinking about the literature review, which I have been putting yeah. off um, and definitely dragging my feet on. And that's, I think if we look at this list, I mean, it's not a boring task. Lit reviews are actually quite what? interesting. It sounds kind no, of boring to me. No, I mean, me. you get to learn about like the field that you're interested in. And I, I actually do like reading the literature. It's just like synthesizing it and putting it into the context of the paper. I just mm. find that process just really kind of, it, it is a bit difficult to do, um, to do it well at least. Yeah. Um, and it is certainly unstructured. When I say like update a literature review, that's so vague. And I know yeah. that's vague and I've tried to make it less vague to myself to, to try to tame <laughs> this factor. Um, but it's easier said than done for sure. Yeah. Would you, with, would you say it's frustrating too? Um, maybe frustrating. I'm not totally sure frustrating is like the defining factor, yeah. factor for why I'm procrastinating on this. Um, I think it's the lack of structure and, and just the difficulty in doing it well. It is also frustrating because it can kind of go on forever and ever because you can continuously add more papers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a never ending thing. Yeah. And I think the other thing, like the other example was doing my taxes and that is definitely boring and there are no intrinsic rewards because it's not fun. And in fact, in my case, there's actually going to definitely be an, a bit of an external penalty because I know I'm going to have to pay a lot of money this year mm. because of, well, I always have to pay just because I do consulting work and that doesn't get taxed And there's as little you go. meaning in giving money to the government, except maybe if you're an economist. Yeah, you can actually like appreciate the value that you get back for your taxes. Well, I, I don't think mind you're the paying only, taxes. I think I just, you're the only one um, that enjoys paying taxes. Rational people should... No, actually, don't well, say that. <laughs> you're a robot. You're, you're a robot. <laughs> no, I'm not a robot. Well, that's okay. Um, but yeah, doing my taxes is definitely boring, so that's why I've been putting it off. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bit frustrating because I know I need like numbers from your taxes and it's just the process is frustrating. Yeah. Turns out doing your taxes gets a bit more complicated when you're a married couple. Let's look at the receipts now. By God, it sets off pretty much every single one of these triggers. It's boring. It's frustrating because a lot of these, you know, when a receipt is so old that the ink starts to fade, that's the point oh, that dear. a lot of these receipts are at now. Uh, it's actually not that difficult, but it is ambiguous. It's unstructured. There's very little meaning and in, uh, in intrinsic rewards in this task. And so it's natural uh, to, to be putting this stuff off. And uh, I would say that this list, you know, especially with regard to the work that we're doing today, it's more unstructured now that we're working from home. Uh, now that our family's running around and interrupting us, our work is a bit. Our work is unstructured to begin with, which is why we put so many of our complex tasks off. But at the same time, relative—it's like you say with the outside option—relative to spending time with our family, our work is perhaps not as meaningful. It's not as structured. It's definitely more boring and frustrating and difficult than watching the news, which is why overcoming uh, this phenomenon is uh, more relevant today than uh, perhaps it has been before. So what, what's something that you rarely put off? These are all the fun things, yeah. like going for a run <laughs> and reading and sometimes like work-related things that I don't put off. I mean, sometimes data, data analysis and just and going like analyzing all my data, that's definitely something that I very rarely put off because that's the part of my work that I like the best. Yeah. Like all the fun data side of things and like thinking about my model. And I, I like that part. So that for me is usually like the part of my work that I never put off just because I like it. Um, but 
yeah, running, going to read a book or going for a run. These are definitely things that I don't put off. And, and it's worth noting that for a lot of tasks in our work, the, the resistance we have to starting something is usually stacked right at the beginning of a task. And so, you know, it's kind of like jumping in a cold pool. It takes us a lot of courage, honestly, to, to jump in the pool itself. But once we're in there, we could swim for an hour or two. And that's kind uh, of related to this unim- uh, like ambiguous factor, right? I mean, yeah. once you've started it, obviously the work becomes a little less ambiguous and a little less unstructured because you've started to realize what you need to do. Yeah. So I think maybe that that initial jump off point is just because you get more structure. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, if we're cleaning a closet for an example, it might take us a couple of weeks of putting this one task off until we begin cleaning the closet. If we do that for a minute, it's the equivalent of jumping in the pool. And these ta- these these attributes kind of fade the the ones that lead us to procrastinate and turn into better attributes once we become engaged with a task. And so once we become engaged with anything, it's no longer boring. Um, it's it's impossible to to feel boredom and engagement at the same time because they're just converses uh, of one another. They're, they're inverses of one another. And so as we become engaged with something, it becomes less boring, less frustrating, less difficult, and we warm up to a task. So what tasks do you rarely put off? There's a new song I like that oh, I've been no. listening to on repeat one. You've probably, even though my office door is closed, you've probably been hearing it a lot. Yeah, um, refer to last episode. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think where I talked about I needed oh. headphones to drown you out because you're, you oh, sing yeah. while you write. I hadn't discovered this song yet, though. Oh, no. So anyone... It's already up to 54 plays. It's been like, what, 24 hours? It's been about 24 hours. Uh, Dylan Dunlap, D-U-N-L-A-P. The song is called Who Would Have Thought? And it's probably um, one of the catchiest songs ever written. It's just this beautiful arc. Don't procrastinate putting that off because looking at the list again, it's not boring. It's not frustrating. It's not difficult. Uh, what, what else? You know, sometimes reading, uh, playing Animal Crossing is something I'm a big fan of right now. It's so structured, um, in the game, definitely not boring or frustrating in the slightest, um, or ordering food off of Uber Eats. Like these are all things, you know, that a task either attracts you or, uh, repels you. And so the, and that all depends on the attributes that a task has. And this is all subjective, of course. I mean, some people really love doing their taxes. I have lots of friends who are tax accountants and love doing taxes. So kudos to those people because I'm not one of them and I really admire that they can really love something like that. Um, But I also know Some people love pain. Some people derive pleasure from pain. That's a whole different podcast. Seems Um, the same to me. Oh, geez. I don't think taxes are that bad. But I mean, some people also really hate reading classic books and that's something I really love and we'll never have a version to that. Um, but some people really love doing literature reviews and writing those up, whereas I have trouble getting into that. So um, these are all examples, but they may not apply, but the principles do. Like I think everybody has those tasks in their work that they typically put off, even though they're really important to their work. Um, So I think for most of us, it would be helpful to kind of find strategies to turn these triggers into or get rid of these triggers to find the work more appealing. Yeah. 
So maybe we can run down the list a little bit. Start with boring. So something as boring as doing your taxes. Um, maybe doing your taxes is a process of collecting a, bu- a bunch of information and numbers, plugging those in. Uh, maybe to make it a bit more interesting, uh, or maybe even doing housework around the house, you find that boring. Finding any way to make it more fun. Uh, so maybe you can buy an audio book and treat yourself to a nice... Uh, reading experience while while you're doing your taxes. Maybe maybe to make it a, a game, to make uh, something a bit less frustrating, um, you can figure out, okay, how many dishes can I do in five minutes? How many receipts can I file in 10 minutes? I know when I'm running on a treadmill, I use this trick because I hate running on treadmills, but I try to make it more fun by literally doing like little math tricks in my head where I'm like, what percent of five miles am I? Or I try to like do a whole bunch of math calculations to try to just make it a little more engaging. Like how far, how many laps of a kilometer have I run or whatever? Yeah, a lot of like metric to imperial conversions in my head. Arvin yeah. Nordstrom, everybody. Uh, so <laughs> if, uh, if something's... <laughs> So, you know, it's possible to make a game out of it or set a time limit. And and one way to make things less frustrating is, you know, meditation is something that a lot of people find frustrating and rightfully so. The whole point is that it's frustrating because that's how you can untangle the knots in your mind. But one tactic that works well for this to make anything a bit less frustrating is asking yourself and kind of finding your resistance to that task. And so asking, okay, do I feel like meditating for half an hour? No, the thought of it puts me off. Okay, what about 20 minutes? No. What about 15? Uh, 10? Yeah, I can meditate for 10. And then you meditate for 10 minutes and that's your ritual for the day. You can do the same uh, thing for a literature review. You can do the same thing uh, for anything that's also ambiguous or unstructured. That's a beautiful way of adding a bit more structure and and uh, clarity to projects that you don't have clarity from is finding that uh, that resistance level. And finding this will get easier with practice too. Yeah. If you start 10 minutes of meditation because that's the least amount of time that you feel no resistance to um, or the first amount of time you don't feel resistance to, that will increase over time as you get more comfortable doing it. So I think this will be something I work on to get better at lit reviews. And honestly, it's the jumping in the pool effect. And so once, you, once you're already cold, you can't really get colder once you're in the pool. This works for getting started on certain things. So that covers things that are boring, frustrating, difficult, ambiguous, unstructured. What about lacking in intrinsic rewards? What if something isn't rewarding? Uh, Something that I used to do with regard to taxes. So I hate doing taxes just like probably everybody else on the planet because it sets off pretty much every one of the triggers. Um, Is for every five minutes that I'd spend on my taxes, I'd put $1 in a frivolous spending account that I'd usually uh, order some takeout with, honestly, at the end of it or or get a fancy whiskey or something. And doing this, it it, uh, allowed me to see that number tick up as I devoted more time to singularly focusing on this one thing, it introduced some intrinsic rewards to that whole process. Now, sometimes there are intrinsic rewards for taxes, like when you're in one of those uh, tax programs and you can see your refund ticking up as you go through the process. That's That's the the most (laughs) satisfying thing in the world, except when it plummets, when you tick the box that you're married. Uh, But it's, (laughs) it's another way of introducing a bit of intrinsic value, honestly, to 
some of these tasks. Yeah, it's gamifying your tax experience. Yeah. What about meaning? I know there's lots of ways that people like to build meaning into what they do. Uh, one obvious example is just journaling on something. Um, really thinking about like the bigger picture of why something's important. I know like you've talked about journaling about cleaning your office and how that affects your <laughs> your overall work experience and, and, and how you like your work and how it makes you feel less overwhelmed while you work. So just yeah. kind of taking some time to reflect on the bigger picture for why you're doing something. So like for me, I think the literature example would be this will allow me to move forward with my thesis. And, and that just adds meaning to something that in the very moment doesn't feel particularly meaningful, but it is part of a bigger picture that is important. Yeah. So we've made doing our taxes actually not that boring. Not that, well, it's, it's still boring, but we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking, <laughs> thinking that it isn't uh, to get us through these tasks that we procrastinate on. Um, one, one final thing that'll make all of this easier is this idea of self-kindness. Uh, and, you know, we're so tough on ourselves when we procrastinate. And, and I've interviewed Tim Pitchell, this procrastination guru, honestly, a, a couple of times. And he, he's told me that when we put something off, our negative self-talk goes through the roof. And it's negative enough when we're not putting things off, but do mind that self-talk. And remember, when you're putting something off, when you find that your mind is just resisting doing something, just remember the fact that procrastination is a human uh, visceral uh, reaction to something that you don't want to do. Everybody on the planet procrastinates. Uh, There was one study conducted by Pierce Steele out of the University of Calgary. And what he found, he surveyed people and he asked how many of them admitted to procrastinating on at least one thing. And he found that 99 out of 100 people uh, were procrastinating on something. They were putting something off. And I I think the other 1% are just lying through their teeth because this is... (laughs) It's just measurement error. It's just measurement error. It's whatever. It's a confidence interval. Oh, no, no. No. (laughs) You're the stats uh, person in this marriage. A confidence interval. What? I'm 95% confident that those 1% of people are lying. No? Sure. Still? That'll work. Yeah. All right. That'll suffice for this episode of Becoming Better. Uh, Finishing up, you know, a few things that we can try, you know, notice uh, what triggers procrastination for you, whether something's boring, frustrating, difficult, ambiguous, unstructured, lacking in meaning or personal uh, intrinsic rewards. It's personal, right? So remember that what you put off might not... Uh, be something that other people put off but do keep these triggers in mind and try to make a game out of it try to have some fun while you're at it because once you become engaged with something uh, the task becomes easy we we don't procrastinate it on anymore but it's just a matter of getting started so often right on right on indeed arden so finishing up becoming better show com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. Don't put that off. We have some tactics in here for this episode. So we hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. <laughs>